evening, fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. How's everybody doing out there? You guys okay? I know you guys have to be, to any degree, pumped about us finally getting our COVID-19 vaccines, and they're going to be ready very, very soon. I know some of my listeners out there are frontline workers, and I can't say enough thank you for everything that you've been doing for us. I'm so sorry for everything 2020 has put you through, but... I'm hoping that you guys being frontline workers are the first to get the vaccine. Please, we, we, would be, we would all be dead without you. So thank you for everything you've sacrificed for us. I cannot say that enough. Uh, me, who's not a frontline worker, but technically has never stopped working in COVID. If you're like me where, you know, we're going to be waiting a little longer to get the COVID vaccine. Me personally, I'm going to take the vaccine. Um, I may just do it in my own time. I don't think my job's going to require it. But I know I'm planning to wait at least a month or so after it's been widely available to the public. And I know people have their speculations on if they can trust it because it's being fast-tracked and what have you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. 2020 has been so scary that who knows what side effects you could attain from the vaccine. I'm just tired of living in fear is my thing. So, you know, whatever you guys so choose, do it wisely. Just know that hopefully this all comes to an end with COVID-19. And real quickly, I wanted to say a special thank you to all of my listeners, fans, and friends that have been sending me outpours of condolences. And I'm sorry for your losses in the event of my dad passing. I really appreciate that, you guys. I'm still doing whatever I can to keep myself in good spirits while all this is happening. You know, a post here, a funny TikTok video there, just to keep myself in good spirits. And it helps. But what really sets it for me is when you guys comment and say something and keep joking with me, keep me laughing, because laughter is some of the best medicine you can ever have when you're in such a sad mood. So... Thank you to you guys for being there for me. I truly appreciate it. Whether you just liked a post I made on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, or you you reached out to me in whatever way you can, I truly appreciate it. Everything with closing out my dad's affairs and his cremation is still ongoing, but we're almost at the end. And honestly, you guys have been helping keeping me afloat. So thank you guys. I love you. All right, guys, before we get started, I want to throw out my disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books, movies, and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. So guys, do you need some stocking stuffers out there for your favorite gothic ghoul? Well, I got a couple of websites that might be able to help you out with that. Right now, from Rogue and Wolf, they have up to 50% off on their stocking fillers with such gems as their tarot coloring book, the unicorn brew phone case, the sworn enemy knitted sweater for your furry companions, the witch cauldron mug, the spirit tumbler mug, lupus midi ring in slate steel, and so much more. Go give them a check out at rogueandwolf.com. Now to jump over to our buddies at Killstar, which seem to have a special Christmas or Hexmas deal 
going on every 24 hours, so you might find something new each day you visit. And right now, they have Hexmas deals on some of their stockings, towels, floaties, sarongs. I'm not judging. It might still be warm where you are. Christmas ornaments, shower curtains, and much more. Also from Killstar, they just released a new line of clothing called Gothic Newness, which has gems as the Dark Daydreams dress, the Techno Witch crop top, and the Wicked World dress. If you get the chance, go and check them out at killstar.com. All right, guys, let's get back into streaming shows and let's talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Now, if you remember way back when I had mentioned in one of my previous episodes that the fourth season of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix is going to be the last season, the final season in the series. And I'm bummed because, yeah, I was a little bit of a latecomer to this series, but when I finally did get into it, I got into it. And I'm pissed that it's leaving us for still reasons I'm not 100% sure of. But just this week, Netflix had released a trailer for season four. And it looks fucking amazing and it looks spectacular. But if you watch the trailer really closely, you'll see two characters that you're familiar with, but they're not from the chilling adventures of Sabrina. They're from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And that is Caroline Rhea and Beth Broderick, who played the original Aunt Zelda and Aunt Hilda in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, make a cameo in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and my mind fucking exploded. I'm so stoked for this. Like, the trailer already whets your appetite and leaves you wanting more, as a trailer should. But this is huge. Now, season four is leaving such an impact. I am ready for this. We're going to be getting it on December 31st, if you guys get the chance Check it out the minute it comes out. I will talk more about it once those episodes release. I will marathon them and get them out on an episode congruent with its release. All right, guys, let's get into some friendly asked questions by you, the listeners. Um, I'm going to just rattle off a few of them. I, it won't exactly be three. It might be more. Uh, just depending on how quickly I answer some of them. So let's go ahead and get into it. Now, this one comes to me from Ichigo Bleach Girl. Why are you called Moonchild? It sounds like every goth is a Moonchild nowadays. Okay, fair assessment, Ichigo Bleach Girl. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of gothic clothing companies now have a lot of the word Moonchild branded on them and every goth wears them. For me specifically, why I call myself a moon child is because my horoscope sign is a cancer. And out of all the creatures in the zodiac sign, cancers are the only ones that are ruled by the moon. Um, so that's why I choose to call myself moon child. And even down to, if you're breaking it down to like even the time and date of my birth... I was born on a full moon. So I just feel strong, like a much more strong connection to the moon than just as saying, oh, moon child. It literally kind of feels like it's in my DNA. But thank you for that question, Ichigo Bleach Girl. Next comes from T. 
221B Sherlock fan. Hey, what's up, Sherlock fan? Benedict Cumberbatch fan, maybe? You're not alone. Um, their question to me is, favorite Disney princesses? Okay, um, that's a tough one because I never actually put them in a categorization. And as much as I know there is more Disney princesses, than just our standard 14, like there is Elena of Avalor, Sophia the First, uh, Princess Ilanwe from Black Cauldron, Kida from Atlantis. Um, I'm only going to label the 14 Disney princesses that have been inducted at Walt Disney World. Like every time there's a new Disney princess um, character, she gets the special induction into the princess ranks at Walt Disney World. Um, I know Elena of Avalor has had this ceremony, but I'm not going to count her for this, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and label, go off the four, the 14 Disney princesses that I know of, which is Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel, or Aurora, Ariel, uh, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, Rapunzel, Merida, Anna, Elsa, and Moana. So first and foremost, I think my top uh, Disney princess is Ariel. I'm, I've been a big fan of mermaids. Ariel has been such an integral part of my life since she was an 80s princess. The only real 80s princess. Sorry, Ilanwe. And I was born in the 80s, so she was my first princess introduction. So she's at the top of the list because, again, mermaid. And she's just the most striking, that vibrant red hair, the purple uh, shell bra, the, the green fin, which was a color that was invented just for her movie. That's amazing. So Ariel would probably take the top of the list. My second is actually kind of a two-way tie, and I know that's not fair, but it's a two-way tie between Merida from Brave and Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Now, for Merida, it's because I love that this was the first Disney princess who made it mandatory that she did not need a man to be strong. She was the first solo princess, no prince required, who just wanted to live a life and be free. She still was cool with being a princess, but she wanted to be free. Um, also, I her hair texture is the stuff of dreams. I would kill to have my hair be that long, that luscious, that... The volume, just, oof, yes. Just yes to that hair, yes to everything. And her free spirit, it's amazing. Um, now she ties with Tiana from Princess and the Frog, not just because Tiana is our first African-American princess, but the fact that she is such a hard worker. There's something I find so relatable to Tiana in the fact that she's not looking for a prince. The prince just came her way and she at first even didn't even like him. She thought he was arrogant. He was an asshole and he kind of is. But he grew on her. They got to spend time together and she realized, you know what? There is something about him that is fun because Tiana it can be a stick in the mud a little bit because she's always working. She doesn't know how to take a break and chill and relax. Her head is just so gung ho on. I need my restaurant. I want my restaurant. I'm going to break my back for my restaurant. And I know that pain. I'm guilty of this myself. In working all the time and having to say no to your friends when they just want you to come out and have fun with you. Hell, my friend T. Trey Bat actually put a gag or played a gag with me at Disneyland where she stuffed me in her trunk to make a gag like, 
You're not going to work. I literally kidnapped you so you can come hang out with us at Disneyland. And granted, it was a joke, but this is like the lengths my friends go through to make sure I go out and have fun and not work all the time. And I feel that in Tiana so hard, especially when Naveen shows her life doesn't have to be just about working. You gotta cut loose and have some fun sometimes. So that's why she and Merida tie for my second place. Now, my third place is going to be a little bit of a controversial answer, given that she is someone in history, and that's Pocahontas. And before social justice warriors and people come at me, understand this. I know, I 110% know that Disney's adaptation of Pocahontas is not what actually happened. The, the true story of Pocahontas is, sad to say, much more tragic than this. Um, and no, this, I don't even take into account John Smith's original journals because he was full of shit. He was a liar. He wasn't even that handsome of a man. Like what Disney gave us was way more handsome than that. And of course, Pocahontas was not this runway model looking girl of probably 18 by what the movie makes her look like. She was actually more of a child. She was like 12. But in the fi- in the fictional character that Disney portrays for us, she is a strong, independent woman. She's beautiful. She's She knows what she wants. Even if she needs a little guidance from Grandmother Willow, she's still grounded. And that makes me like her more. And she's fearless. When you're introduced to this character, she jumps off a waterfall and a huge one at that. Bravery beyond measure. And again, I know this is not what our actual Pocahontas was. That wasn't even her real name. But I still love her regardless. And I think she's just such a powerful character. So from there, my next one would be Jasmine from Aladdin. Yet again, another female that takes no shit from no man. As even in the animated version, which I'll even say the live action Aladdin was definitely more Jasmine's story. But I still love that they kept that determination of Jasmine in both versions, actually. Where Jasmine did not give a shit about getting married. She just wanted to be the Sultan. And in truth, what they gave us in her character is so awesome. Especially in the fact that she's around men that see her as an object. Even, I'm gonna say it, even Aladdin kind of fucked up a little bit. Because when he first introduces himself to her as Prince Ali in the animated movie... He's so cocky with the Sultan and Jafar thinking, oh, you know, I already know that I kind of like her and she kind of likes me. But as Prince Ali, I can get her to to like me more. And she's like, fuck both of you. Fuck every single one of you men because I am not a prize. And that line cemented how awesome she is to me, that she's beautiful, but she's smart and she doesn't take anybody's shit. And I love that about her. She's probably the first princess to me that has really made that kind of impact. So kudos to Jasmine. She is my number four. And lastly, my number five is got to be Elsa. And I'm not choosing Elsa. And I'm going to be specific. I'm not choosing Elsa from the first Frozen. Because I am one of the contrarians who fucking hated the first Frozen. I'm repeating this. I fucking hate the first Frozen. That movie brought nothing to the table for me. It's Frozen 2 where Elsa really shines for me. And I've said this to all my friends. They're probably sick of hearing it. But I'm saying it again. Had Frozen 2 been what the first Frozen movie was, 
I would have loved it a lot more. I don't think it's the best Disney movie ever, but I definitely think Frozen 2 is better. And honestly, what we get out of Elsa in Frozen 2 shows me someone who with growth. Shows me someone mature. Somebody who has this power and is trying her damnedest to not only use it to help her loved ones like Anna, but she's also trying to uncover this mystery. She's being strong. She, You are seeing leadership in her. She still has her faults where she falls a little bit and she does need the support of her loved ones. But she's daring. She's adventurous. And I'm not going to lie, the tingles I got seeing her become the fifth spirit was amazing. You just see someone who's regal, who's elegant, who really is trying to be this bigger and better person. And especially the, the, the shorts that have came out since, like Frozen Fever or Olaf's Adventure, have really helped me learn to like Elsa better. Because the end of Frozen 1, I could not stand Elsa. I didn't care about this character. But what you see her grow and become in Frozen 2 completely changes my perspective of Elsa, makes her a much more likable character. So that's going to be my top five. Thank you, 221B Sherlock fan, Cumberbatch fan, hopefully, for your question. And lastly, the last question I'm going to ask uh, answer is going to be, what are your favorite non-horror chick flicks? Well, I didn't think horror and chick flicks went together. There was no mention of if I could say their username, so I'm not going to. Um, this one Whew. I have a few chick flicks that I like. Um, I think the first one that pops into my head right now is Memoirs of a Geisha. I read the book. I absolutely loved the costume work in it. It was by the great Colleen Atwood, who is, for the most part, Tim Burton's go-to lady for costume designs. Um, I got a soft spot for musicals that are non-horror. So aside from Repo the Genetic Opera, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Phantom of the Paradise... I do really love Chicago. Um, again, another one by Colleen Atwood. Um, in terms of costume work. Actually, her and Rob Marshall also both did both movies of Chicago and Memoirs of a Geisha. Then I would have to say... Everybody's going to hate me for it. I actually do like the Joel Schumacher Phantom of the Opera. And I know everybody's going to at me for that one, and you're, you're, you're welcome to. But I prefer, I like this one, not just, it's not because of Gerard Butler singing, don't get it twisted. Um, <laughs> but um, I do like the idea that the Phantom is actually a shitty singer, but he's got such a musically inclined ear that he hears talent and he knows it. Kind of like the judges from American Idol, not all of them are singers, they just know good music or good musical talent when they hear it. So there's that. Um, one of me and my mom's personal favorite um, chick flick movies, well, not, I wouldn't say chick flick, but it's more like an LGBTQIA plus friendly, is The Birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. I've never fallen more in love with Nathan Lane than in this movie. And that just makes me love it more. So I would definitely put that up there as well. Um... I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge is more of a guilty pleasure because that movie does genuinely make me mad. It's, 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 it's not that the movie's bad. It's just there's so many things in it, like movie cliches, that get me so mad when I see it. And But, I mean, I love it musically. I think it's beautiful. Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor are great. Um, 
so yeah, I think that's going to top off my chick flicks for now. So thank you to that user for that question. And I think that's going to be it for tonight. I, I, I think I'd answered enough. I don't want to do it too many more because I don't want the episode to run long. But thank you guys so much for your questions. These have all been really amazing. And of course, drop me a line on any of my social media if you have questions for me for future episodes. Gather around ghoulies. It is time for the spell of the week. And this week, I am choosing a controlling anger spell. If you're like me, the holidays are a super stressful time of the year. And 2020 has not made this easy for us. So naturally, you have a little bit more built-up aggression this time around. And if you're more likely to have more fits of rage nowadays than usual, that's where I'm here to help you. For this spell, you are going to need a paper, a pen or pencil, matches or lighter, and a fire-burning container. For candles, you will need one black candle or... You can use three if you choose to, black, blue, and silver or gray. Set the candles in front of you, either just the black candle in the center, or if you chose to use three, it'll be the blue to your left, the black in the center, and the silver gray to your right. As always, for your formation, you want to cast a circle first. You can choose to do any other shapes afterwards. You will need to be facing west. We are currently in a waning moon phase, so that is the preferable moon. Dark phases of the moon work too. You can cast this spell on any day of the week except Wednesday or Thursday. If you choose to use any crystals, obsidian or tiger's eye will be your best ones. Now make sure you come into your spell clean. Make sure there are no noises or distractions where you are and keep your lights dim. Now for your affirmation. I release my anger about person, event, or anything that upsets you. Anger does not benefit me. My anger is a choice that I will choose that I will not choose anymore. Anger poisons my system. I recognize when I get angry, it's caused by frustration and not understanding why someone does not think or act like I do. I now realize it is not fair to choose anger because someone does not think like me. Give me the insight to accept that I cannot own someone else's behavior. I will not allow someone else's behavior to make me unhappy. The next time I become angry, bring forth the, remi the reminder to me that anger is a choice. I will then try breathing deeply for a few seconds and postpone my anger. The time after that, I will postpone it even longer, lengthen the time. Eventually, I will realize I can control this anger. I will feel a sense of accomplishment and pride. I will be stronger, and with this new self-control, I will be able to accomplish anything. Surround me with this vibration, and so it is. Now to perform your spell. First light your candles, then take your paper and pen and write a brief letter to the person or situation you are angry with. If you are angry with yourself, write it to yourself. If you are angry with someone who is dead, still write. If you are angry with an event that has happened that has caused you pain, write to that event. If you are angry about an object that hurt you or someone, write it. If you do not care to write letters, simply write a few words to get the point across. Therefore, if you have a problem writing 
a lengthier letter, tell him her how you feel and why you are angry with them. Be honest and go into detail. No one will ever actually see this letter. It is your secret letter. In fact, you are going to really expound. If you are going to really expound, you may want to sit at a table or desk or write write it or write it before you go into your spell area. The reasoning behind this letter writing is it puts your thoughts into physical form, removing them from your subconscious. Now take the letter or note that you wrote and burn it in your container. If a little bit is left, that's okay, as long as it cannot make as long as no one can make out the specific words or people's names. If for some reason you do not want to burn it, you can always tear it up into the smallest pieces of paper and set it in water so it is really destroyed. Then throw the letter away. A great many people have felt new beginnings after this ritual, as it is a freeing release. After you have burned your note, say the following incantation. Today, I made a forceful choice to start to live, hence I rejoice. My anger leaving, blessings be, I am revived, I am set free. You may close out your spell with your affirmation of blessed be, amen, and so it is, or whichever you choose from, and you can extinguish your candles on your own or blow them out as you see fit. And that's it for tonight, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. I really appreciate every single listener I get to all my U.S. listeners and to all my listeners from around the globe. You guys keep my podcast running. I decided to keep these episodes short. Uh, Just a heads up in the future. Any episodes that I have with special guests might tend to run a little bit longer. I promise to not make the next one with my next special guest movie length long. And with that, you can find me on any of my social media. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok and Instagram are MorningstarMoonchild. And my YouTube, which still has no content on it, but will in the future, is also MorningstarMoonchild. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. And also feel free to send me a message if you have any requests for future topics you would like me to cover, or if you have questions for me personally that you would like for me to answer in my listener-friendly Ask Questions. As a reminder, just if you want me to do a shout-out to you, you have to say that it's cool for me to say your screen name on my uh, episode. Until next week, or possibly later, look forward to my next episode. Everybody stay safe. Be cautious, wear your masks, and blessed be.